Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. Well, it's Wednesday night, Scotty, and here we are again, another podcast episode. Some things just never change, Matthew. Another week, another loss. Um, and <laughs> on Wednesday episode. night. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Let's jump straight into it. It was a another disappointing game, I guess you could say. I thought it was a very low-quality game uh, and quite mm, boring to watch. And that's coming from a Bulldog fan, so I feel for anybody out there who was not a Bulldogs fan or a Tigers fan watching that game. Oh, yeah, you can tell it's a... Two bottom-of-the-table teams going head-to-head at the pointy end of the season. Absolutely, and I'll tell you what, credit where credit's due. The West Tigers were the better team on the day. That's not saying too much, but they were the better team, so they deserved the win, and a comfortable win it was. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, they were comfortable winners, the West Tigers. Um, they keep this season alive, but they don't sell anyone any uh, hope, um, really, for them to make the finals. It was, uh, you tell you, I'll tell you what, to summarize that game is if you what made someone who's not a rugby league fan watch that game, you're probably got a hater of the sport for the rest of your life, <laughs> saying that they had to watch that. Ah, oh, Jesus. It is what it is. I guess we're, as Bulldogs fans, all looking forward to next year with the um, the players that are coming in. We're hoping that a, a pretty quick rise up the ladder is to come. And when I say rise, even a couple of positions will make it feel <laughs> a whole lot better. Um, but, yeah, disappointing again. There was probably the only real highlight was um, Nick Meadey's try. Jumping yeah, out yeah, that half, good. Running right through mm-hmm. the middle. Yeah. Uh, Getting the offload uh, or Avarillo in support, and then Avarillo flicking it back to um, yeah, unlucky for I think it was Bailey, but Yondiota was right there too. He could have picked up another try, but went into Nick Meany's hands. Um, we got that try there to I think level the game. Um, but <laughs> before that and after that, there's not much more to talk about. <laughs> no, there really isn't, is there? Like I couldn't even think of like moments of the game where we could actually say there were turning points or you know controversial moments or really anything of the game apart from two horrible teams i think at this time of the year going toe-to-toe and the one who played the the least uh who played not as bad compared <laughs> to the team who played very bad was the difference and sort of like saying a team played better i mean obviously those tigers played better but you wouldn't say it was anywhere near good and though a the, there was a, a difference between the two teams, and yeah, it was difference. You could play the least, like you could play the least worse in the game. Yeah, and you say uh, nothing much changes. Um, another week with Everton going to the bin <laughs> and suspension. <laughs> yeah, and another suspension, swinging arm right to the head of a opponent, and he went off the field as well. Yeah. Just two similar signs. It's just, it's, I don't know. Is that like a, could you use that uh, video clip, I guess, as they uh, describe our season? No real good in it, just the high tackle and sin bin. To just, to, would that be a good video to show if you had to summarize it in 30 seconds? Yeah, well, 
it is getting very hard to watch, isn't it? Only a couple of weeks left. Um, not much to look forward to, unfortunately. All right. Well, why don't we put this out there? Will we win one more game? <laughs> no. Okay. I don't even know who we're playing. <laughs> that was a quick thing. Why don't we, before we go into our points for the week, going a bit off, you know, a normal script, we'll put uh, the draw. Like you say a couple of weeks ago, saying you got the Tigers twice. You go to think, hey, there's two winnable games. Yeah. Um, after watching that display with no chance. Yeah, I mean, unless the West Tigers pull a, a West Tigers moment, which they've done in the past. Mm. Losing a game they should have won. But if we roll on to the season, we've got obviously the Warriors at Sunday, uh, this Sunday afternoon. Yeah, following the way by the Warriors are playing. Playing with a lot of heart and tick of the Warriors. They're playing a, a decent style of football. Yep. Uh, the Newcastle are doing way better than us, really pushing towards the finals now. Play against Manly the week after that. We all know what happened not so long ago. If Turbo just... wants to play, that's it. And then we finish it with a. Uh, <laughs> game against the Tigers again, so mm. no you saw Trent Barrett I think he was speaking uh, a little bit after the South and Roosters game uh, around that period saying if we put these performances we'll win a couple we'll win more than we'll lose unfortunately we haven't gone anywhere near those performances no. <laughs> since that uh, since that moment, but yeah it's very disappointing because only so long ago we were, not so long ago, sorry I should say we're speaking a game against the Rabbitohs and saying, look how good that performance was, you know, lost by eight points, lost by six against the Roosters. Two top sides are going to be playing finals footy. One side who looks like he could, uh, well, one side's definitely making the top four and the other one still pushing for a top four position, you know, pushing them to the end and losing to a team like the West Tigers to a, having a West Tigers year and stuff like that. Um, it's very disappointing. Absolutely. I think we need to get straight to the points, mate. Yeah. We haven't got much more to add. No, not to the game, really. not at all. Nothing. Um, so I, I'll go first, Scott. Um, I'll go first and then two points because we've both got the same player for two points. So that means he gets five points overall with the bonus point. It's knocked him up into fourth position overall. Jeremy Marshall King. Um, I'll let you have a chat in a sec, Scott. But I thought there was a real difference between the way we we're playing while he was on the field and the way the way we we're playing when he went off the field. It was almost like he was the the new Bailey beyond the Odo, if you know what I mean. We've been talking up beyond the Odo's um, impact when he comes onto the field, um, being the uh, being the part where we most look good. Uh, but I think when Marshall King left the field, uh, that's when it went from not so great to really bad. Mm. I agree. Just to, his stats are pretty impressive. He played 69 minutes on Sunday, uh, 10 runs, 96 metres, 28 post-contact metres, uh, 44 tackles on the weekend. But, yeah, you could just – the danger of him out of dummy half, there's a few scoots there where we're actually really, really good uh, dummy half metres, meterage, and um, really turning into a set from a, a poor – type of set to a good set like he turned him into or from poor to average yep and then my one point scott i've just got off the workman josh jackson um similar performances every week from josh no matter what win lose or golden point draw yeah uh mr reliable never let you down joshy that's it and my one point, I'm not giving my one point uh, with numbers or anything. I'm giving it to the uh, young winger, Fulikaku uh, Manu. Uh, 
Flicker kicker in my knee, sorry. Fella kicker? Yeah. Fella kicker in my knee, like... He was safe. You could tell the West Tigers early on in the game, they decided to put all their attention to him uh, in attack and everything that was thrown at him. He had uh, Devin Offaluma. Uh, say what you wish about David. There's a pretty mixed uh, response of uh, how people rate him on social media, but he's the leading West Tigers all-time try scorer against a player who's what played. That was his fourth NRL game. You know, you're missing a winger who's well-established in his career who finds the try line pretty much almost every week for the West Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, he Every answer, everything was chucked at him. Uh, he was just, you know, knocking it away, defending well. We, we said he had an issue with his... Um, I said if we could improve on his defence, that would be his best... Um, the best thing for him. But, yeah, he did really well. And you saw the West Tigers then, after a while, attacking his side. They've decided to flip onto the... Uh, other side where Ken, uh, Big Ken Mamalu was, and uh, he terrorised Corey Allen and Will Hopawadi all day when they started to turn their attention to the experience side of the field. So I think it goes to show how good of a performance it was. Yeah, he's improved a lot in a short space of time, so it's good to good for you to highlight some recognition there. I thought he was pretty impressive compared to his previous performances as well. So he's on the board. That's good. The top five now looks like this. Luke Thompson still runaway leader on 28 points in first. Tied second is Dallin Watson-Azlosniak and Nick Meany on 13 points each, uh, which means fourth place is Jeremy Marshall-King on 12th and Bailey Biondiotto on 11 points. Wow. That's cool for Bailey. Sorry. Yeah, I think he got some bonus points, uh, a lot of bonus points. But That's that actually point. brings me that brings me to a point. Um, I thought Bailey Beyond Yoda was wasted at six. Yeah, I didn't really see too much of him, to be honest. Um, mm. A good comment on Twitter was, uh, was his name even called out? They were listening on the radio. Um, I know it's hard to, uh, you know... You've got a picture, obviously, what's happening in the radio, but if the radio's not calling your name out, you're probably wondering what's happening here. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like we've been, we've talked previously about the similarities between the six and the seven these days, uh, but I feel like the way we've been playing this season, the seven is taking the majority of the control. Whoever the seven number seven is, and the number six seems to be stuck on an edge and just looks after that edge, and that's it. Um, so I think if you're going to play Bailey in the halves, put him at halfback, get the ball in his hands much more often than what we saw and let him go. I feel like he was less effective in that game um, than he was in his little spurts off the bench. Even yeah, his spurt off the, 15, yeah. even the spurt off the bench where he came on for Avarillo the other week and went into that spot, um, he made impact straight away. So I was quite disappointed in that. I'm not blaming Bailey for that at all. I'm... Um, putting that down to the the style of play and the coaching. If just to add to that, actually, with um, Matt Burton coming next year, yeah, you I I would think I don't know could be wrong that he'd be uh, your five eight number six. Yeah, Matt Burton. So well, let's hope not that um someone like Matt Burton playing at number six, we're going to treat him the same way. You know what I mean? You want Matt Burton to touch the ball as much as possible and have as much opportunity to run and actually be a genuine playmaker and a genuine threat um, next season. So I'm a yeah. little bit worried that if we play the style that we only see Matt Burton when we attack the edges and not come in when, you know? Yeah. Well, hopefully. 
hopefully we don't. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's only the way we're playing now as a more of a protection to the person who's wearing number six. We've had a lot of inexperienced halves. Well, yeah. pretty much all of them are, actually, when you think about it. They're all inexperienced. Even when you look at the top two, I think, like, Lachlan Lewis and Kyle Flanagan have the most experience in the halves. Yeah. And even them, they're not that high. <laughs> like, they haven't played that many games. No. So, no, right. maybe, I don't know. I'm just hoping. All right, Scotty, we kept our sh- uh, comments on the game pre- relatively short this week. So, uh, we'll share some views that were shared with us online. Yeah. Um, so, at half time, the score was 18 12 to the Tigers. Um, even then, we didn't seem like we we're close. But anyway, um, urban underscore legend.101 uh, or at John Orr. Eight eight six four two six five three. Uh, so there's not a high standard, particularly the defence and errors, but typical dog slash tigers high scoring affair. Meaty's try was a gem. We switched off after that and lost confidence in the game plan. So that's not um <laughs> doesn't paint a good picture. That one doesn't, Scotty. No, no, it doesn't. And we'll go straight to um. Some reaction at the full-time 28 points to 16 the Tigers defeat the Bulldogs. Um, again, from Urban Legend, says another dour performance. Uh, so he must have turned that TV back on. Compass that has lost its direction, a total punctured lung display, painful, grasping for air, not pretty to watch at all. Well, <laughs> he might have told a little white lie about changing the channel, but uh, he definitely paints a a vivid picture there, doesn't it? No, yeah, I mean, that's actually a perfect summary of the game. We should have just ran with that to start it off. <laughs> Might be the title of the episode, who knows? I like uh, it. If you want to put it down, I'm happy. I'm voting for it. <laughs> uh, Mick on Twitter, at MJ98760. No appreciation for the members whatsoever. Uh, which Urban underscore legend replied, sure wasn't, mate. That was punished to watch. Um <laughs> so there you go. And Baba or at Baba seven five nine nine says that my greatest hope for next year is that we win a few and stop getting the kids dinner time slot. So so bloody annoying watching with one eye. How did Biondiono go today? I saw a couple of tries and that's it. So there you go. Those were the responses. But Scotty, somebody started a bit of a bit of a uh, I don't know a game on yeah. uh, on our handle. So Tom uh, Sergeant at TS Argo sixty three. Uh, first of all, he put a comment on it. He goes, "Ha, huh, the good man, news is there's." I'll interrupt you there. I think it's at T Sarjo sixty three. Oh yeah, it would be. I went with Argo because I thought I was going with more of the angry approach. <laughs> Sorry, I, that, yeah, you're actually right. Um, he said the good news there's only four weeks to go the bad news there is still four weeks to go so that was his first comment yep. then comes comes the game uh, oh, oh hey oh was that um, members appreciation around the team mustn't have received the email we got obviously was another comment he made mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go sorry I've got, got to scroll between <laughs> Um, All his response. He started the game on the on our Twitter handle saying, hey, NRL Bulldogs fans, let's yep. play a little game of guess what the Bulldogs practice at training, shall we? Anyone want to start? Hashtag 
NRL Bulldogs Tigers. Yeah, I just, I just actually opened that. I was finding all the other ones. Uh, Mickey G at Mick Legend uh, responded endlessly, dropping blokes back on the inside. Dumbest continuous play every set of six. Mm-hmm. Paul Cullinghan at, at POC125. Not sure what, what it is, but inexperienced coaches all suffer from teams with poor discipline. I've noticed that over the years before you can develop players, they need to be able to catch, pass, and tackle. They don't practice. They don't practice that. Sad face. I'm gonna add that in. Uh, <laughs> that means not dropping the ball, not throwing wayward passes, and not miss, not missing tackle. Oh, not and not miss tackling. They need to get a copy of uh, Bennett's blueprint of coaching. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll jump in there, Scotty. Our yeah. mate Urban Legends back. Uh, our forwards running plays on fourth and fifth has been a winner for years. Uh, today's capped, oh, sorry, today's captain Jacko had a crack last play to he- uh, Heverington uh, today, who died with the ball. Winnell kicker on one play. Uh, the fourth tackle kill play is quality. Um, I tried to fix the grammar there as I went, but it became more more difficult. Apologies there. Uh, I think we get um, that picture wasn't as nicely painted as the earlier one from. Um, from we get a picture there Adrian Burke at Adrian Burke 5 um, regular on our socials and listening to this podcast how you doing mate uh, maybe they practice third tackle 20 metres out and Jackson trying short ball to Elliot on the inside WTF was that uh, Rod is n- uh, now, now as I said snakes and ladders without the ladders <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, Bulldogs diva, uh, braiding each other's mullets. Now, the only one I can think of who's got a mullet there is uh, Aaron Shop. So that's obviously in relation to the original question about what they do at training. Yeah, no, yeah. so it looks like Aaron Shop's getting fancy hairdos. <laughs> <laughs> and Greg Galavas says connect four. And at Cliffy19811 says duck, duck, goose. And last but not least, Kathleen at the Governator. They train, do they? I must so, say, your Connect 4 one was pretty good. You actually got the question mark there without saying it. <laughs> you, you asked it like it was a question. Yeah. Uh, well, look, the reason we read those out is uh, we don't do it all the time, but um, love to hear people's thoughts, obviously, on the socials. And uh, I definitely noticed uh, a theme coming through after the game and on game day. Uh, unfortunately, and we just wanted to highlight the wider fans' uh, thoughts and uh, the way they're feeling about the game at the moment. Yeah, well, actually, I truly appreciate it when um, you know you're putting the post on people actually reaching out. I mean, I I hate it in these circumstances. I'm not gonna lie; like, I wish there was one where we could have been 28-16 winners and actually had some positive things to share. And yeah, because I love to go back, especially if, well, after a win. Is get the the fans' thoughts as well. And I always like to look back on even even if we don't have a bad game, I take a look sometimes after a couple hours after the game, and when reflecting back on it, I sometimes go through Twitter and see what the people on Twitter and Instagram thought of the game. 
yeah. and what they liked and what they didn't like. So we do appreciate everyone who actually re- uh, replies or even starts a game and uses our handle to get a game started because um, it's, I mean, we've got to have some fun out of it, don't we? Like from what That's right. Like. All conversation started. That's right. This week, Scotty, we travel to Redcliffe to take on the Warriors and the game that should have been back in Auckland at Mount Smart Stadium. I don't um don't get me started. I got the email, you know, weeks ago when I said I was going to Auckland and having the discounted tickets to go to New Zealand. I was contemplating, hey, let's have a trip to Auckland, hey? Um, <laughs> and now I can't go past uh, pretty much the end of my street without being up, <laughs> stopped and saying, hey, what are you doing this far out? Go back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How quickly the world changes at the moment. All righty. Let's do the team list. Before you do the team list, yeah, I don't know about you. I was busy on um, Tuesday at work, very busy in the afternoon. Yeah, and it's not until knockoff I actually took a look at the team. I took my phone away and said I can't look at it. It's always a distractor for me. Team list Tuesday. I have to put it away and hide it so I can do other things. And um, team list Tuesday, I saw a picture of uh, well Ryan Dan Corey Horsburgh. And he just completely did not see that one coming. I mean, there was a story about it earlier on Twitter, which I didn't see because I had to put my phone away for a good, like, three or four hours. It was not until about an hour after the team was announced that I found that out. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, no. We'll speak more about that. Similar similar boat. Oh, let's talk about it now. Similar boat yeah. that um, I was in as well. Um, had no idea. Very confused with sort of photo. But in saying that, after hearing about the suspensions of Dylan Napa and Jack Henrikton, I was contemplating and trying to think, how the heck are we going to fill a team this week? Mm. Well, Warren Smith um, put on Twitter, I don't know if you saw it, if uh, you're a, a footy fan who weighs over 110 kilos and is somewhat fit, <laughs> you'd like to start for the Bulldogs in the front row. I'm not somewhat fit, but I do meet the 110 kilo plus mark <laughs> that he was talking about. So I thought I could check my uh, name in the ring and maybe get a bench spot or jag one. Yeah. But I had to do the two-week quarantine, so I think that's what bit me in the end, the end of the day. It didn't get me the chance. Yeah, and you're joking, Lair, but you bring up the point. The two-week quarantine and joining the bubble and all that has really hurt the club, and obviously that's why there is a need to get these two players in as a um, on a loan system for the next couple of weeks so we can build a team. We can't pick players from our... Which they have a great squad because they're all in Sydney and not playing. Um, and then we've had injuries uh, to Ogden, I believe it was, uh, yeah. suspensions to Heverington, Napa, and Thompson. Uh, and then uh, Renolfo Tony has gone back to Sydney for the birth of a child. Um, so it is what it is. And look, I understand the logic. The games need to go on. The NRL can't afford the Bulldogs to forfeit a game. Um, or f- a game or two that will hurt the bottom line financially with the TV deals and all that. Um, so, look, I completely understand why we need this loan to happen. But, man, to put it mildly, I hate this shit. See, if I add it on, like, yeah, I agree. Like, it's good that for this current circumstance, we can't finish those cut players or you can't fly someone up to Queensland for them to play on the weekend. You yeah. can't do it. But like you said, we've been unlucky with Ogden being injured at this time. Just for him personally, it's probably been a good opportunity for him to start at probably prop. Uh, 
for the Bulldogs. But another thing that I wanted to bring is Dean Britt, who's not actually up at the Gold Coast. Yeah. Again, we don't know if Dean has rejected the um, the uh, invitation to go up there. Yeah. Or if he's decided to stay, or if he's been told not to go. But whatever way it is, I mean, if it was the Bulldogs' point of view saying, no, we don't need you up there, he's someone who has played prop in reserve grade or in a middle a middle forward who would have helped out in that position. Um, I, I get it from the point of view, but do you really think that uh, Ryan James and Corey Hosmer, I think Ryan James uh, has been a terrific player for the Titans in previous years, and he's played some really good games for the Raiders this year. He's been a little bit up and down in form. And Corey Hosmer is a good up-and-coming player. But do you think for the next two weeks... They're going to put their body on the line for the Bulldogs. It's like a reserve grade game for them. Yeah. Not even that. It's exactly a reserve grade game for them. You're right. They play to get some game times in case the Raiders leave them in a couple of weeks. That's the the bonus for the Raiders. And obviously we get to watch our team play this week, which is supposed to be the bonus for us. But is it really our team if it's not our players? And then you got the other thing is that we're going to end up having Corey Horsburgh and Ryan James having a record of two games for the Bulldogs without actually being a Bulldogs player, if you get what I mean. Like, obviously, they'll get player numbers and all that, but read what I'm saying. They're not actually Bulldogs players. They're just yeah, filling into the okay. team. Yeah. It, it takes – it's for me, it's a, another decision that I, I don't like in the game at the moment. And it takes away something special from sport. And like I get, I've already said I get the situation and it's not normal and and all that. But there's something spe- What makes sport different to a lot of other things is there's something special about it, and part of that is tied to your players and your club uh, and the people you support uh, succeeding or being together and. and failing or uh, exceeding together. Um, just throwing players, mixing them into different teams all the time, it just takes something away from it. And for me, I'm quite disillusioned, disillusioned about it all. Like I said, to my point with Ryan, James and Corey Hosborough playing, it's like a reserve grade. It's actually, it'd be less than a reserve grade game for them. Like, I'm just trying to think, if I was in a situation where I was signed to the Raiders... And, you know, you commit to your team. The Raiders are on uh, charge for the finals right now. So they obviously have an eye on the Raiders' performance because that's deep down where they're going to, hoping they'll make the finals and they get to play some part of that in in the final series. So first of all, they're not even 100% focused. And you 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 can't blame them. I'm not questioning their professionalism in any stretch. I'm not going to question Ryan James or Corey Horsburgh's professionalism and how they how their attitude is. I'm sure they're going to give as best as they possibly can. But, you know, back in your mind, like, they don't know what the Raiders are doing this week. Yeah. And, like, you know, since when do we want players who are worried about other teams so much? Mm. And have to be. And also, yeah, like I said, like, if there was a position, I mean, I could be wrong, but I just find it very, very hard to believe if there was, like, a position where, um, I don't know, where the ball needs to be cleaned up and you need to throw your body on the line. Like maybe a ball gets kicked, grubber kicked back in a very tight contest with the Warriors. We just put that picture. I don't think it will be a tight contest by any stretch. I think the Warriors have got this covered quite easily. But 
a tight contest and the grubby kick comes back in the inside and Ryan James or Corey Horsburgh is cleaning, out there cleaning up and bodies are going everywhere, do they throw themselves at the ball and risk locking themselves out or, you know, risk like an injury? You know, put your body on the line, you do it for your team, you know, week in, week out. Like, I wouldn't question them doing that for the Raiders. They'll do it in a heartbeat and risk injury to get the win. Like, do you blame them if they don't do it? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, yeah, we've got to be grateful for them to, for first of all, agreeing to let us play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously, you can't put other players in there that can't play the position because it comes a health, health issue. But you know, it's just, yeah, disillusioning for myself. Yeah, no, I something about sorry, Jack Everton at the Warriors last year, right? Yeah, that felt more right. Like, Jack, you know, uh, was signed, like, long-term for the Warriors for, like, a big chunk of the season last year. Yeah. So he had, like, commitment, like, this is two weeks, like, they've got two games with us, and then it's it's then assessed at the end of this week. So if the Raiders a prop this week, yeah, you'd imagine uh, Ryan James gets called back, the very minimal Ryan James gets called back to... Yeah. um. Back to the Raiders, you'd imagine. I'm thinking that he's a head on the pecking order of Corey Hosbrough, but one of them could be called back, or even both of them with one injury, because Corey might be play cover for injury. Yeah. So we don't know if we. I just don't know. Yeah, I get we like. I'm with you. Like I just, I actually, I actually like Ryan James quite a lot as a player. Yeah, but I'm not overly excited to see him represent us for two weeks. Well, that's short term loans. Long term loans, I'm actually against as well. Uh, long-term loans. Uh, we actually had this conversation last week, Scott, uh, yes. off, off the rec- off the record, uh, as we were sorting out the episode. But um, long-term loan deals is just going to result in one thing. It's going to result in stronger teams putting themselves in stronger positions, mm-hmm. um, and weaker teams um, struggling even more because mm-hmm. it's like I said to you last week. It's got to do with sustainability. And if you bring in a player in, and even if he has a really good effect on your club for 12 months, he disappears uh, next year. You're at the same issue you are you you did have, you know, 12, 18 months earlier. So you haven't actually grown as a club. You haven't actually moved on. Mm. And I could see coaches, football managers, CEOs are not going to be strong enough to say to the strong clubs, no, we don't want that player for 12 month loan deal because they're all after. Um, protecting their own jobs. Uh, and if they don't have a good 12 months, well, the coach, the CEO, the football director, their jobs are on the line. So they, no. they can't afford to say no. Uh, no one's looking out for what's what's best for those struggling clubs long term. And then the strong clubs get a, a player that was already talented because, you know, they know that they've got him contracted uh, with now 12 months of NRL experience. Yeah, 20 games to the belt. If you want an example, it's already happened. Look at the Harry Grant situation. Look how good of a position Melbourne Storm are in because of that, and look at the West Tigers at the moment. No, I agree, because you put Harry Grant, I think, in the West Tigers. Now, they're probably a top eight threat. Probably not. Yeah, but (laughs) haha. They're, I was going like they like they're still a chance now at a very very much relying on other people's results to give them a, a shot to make finals. Yeah. Put Harry Grant of his caliber in that um in that side, you like you said it could be anywhere between six and 
11th, really, and having a real genuine shot at making finals footy. And then, like you said, I agree. Like, I don't know, for some reason, the Jack Harrington one, I did like. Only partly because I think if you look at Jack Harrington's story, like he, how below, like how low he was in the pecking order at Penrith when it came to being selected, and also the fact that he was leaving Panthers at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was like, uh, I don't mind mid-season signings. As like, I'm not against yeah. that if you pick up a player mid-season because yeah, they're fine. usually committed for two years or yeah, the rest hard. of the season. The yeah, one yeah. I don't like is Chad Townsend. <laughs> I just had to say that one. I prefer that one than loan deals. Oh, no. Because he's actually left the Sharks and signed two contracts. Yeah, one no, for this I, year, I, one for next. Yeah. I'm 100% with you. Like, I prefer that, but then I was just thinking more of a... If I was the... Uh, for example, the situation of the Warriors, knowing that he's at the Cowboys next year, kind of like if we get a player mid-season signing or any sign for the rest of the year, I want him to have like the opportunity to be with us Yeah, next season. Anyway... Man, we just spoke about the lone players and we talked about the uh, Bulldogs and Warriors game. Why don't you run us through the team list this week? Yeah, so fullback it's Nick Meadie. The wing is a Corey Allen. The foul kicker Manu. In the centre is Will Hopper-Wadi off to St. Helens at the end of the year. That is now confirmed. And Aaron Shop. The halves are again at 5'8 for Bailey beyond the Odo. And halfback Jake Avarillo. Interesting to see no one was dropped from there given last week's performance. Double standards, perhaps. At in the front row, Arva, Cinnamon, a fungi, and the Canberra Raider on loan, Ryan James. The hooker is Jeremy Marshall King. Second row is Adam Elliott. Matt Dury at lock is Josh Jackson. On the bench this week, Sione Katoa, Chris Patulu, Canberra Raider on loan, Corey Hulsborough, and Joe Stebson. On the reserve list, it's Kyle Flanagan, Jada Lockleboa, Jackson uh, Topany. And Lachlan Lewis. Mm. So, do we have a chance to win this week? Uh, I don't think so. And I'm going to tip that former Bulldogs, Dallin Watili Telesiak, and Marcelo Montoya will have a really good game. Well, unfortunately, Dallin can't. He's not playing this week after being. Did he not win? He's... No, he's oh, gone for a week. The judiciary has no bloody idea what they're doing at the moment. No, they have no feel for the game. Absolute no feel for the game. Yeah, People yeah, are getting true. suspended for things that I, we don't even take into consideration that they could be suspended for. What is going on down there? I even actually didn't even know what he was fighting, to be honest. I just it vibrated on my phone last night on the NRL app. Suspended. So Something can... to do with the, the fight with Chambers and the argument and whatever. Things that... Ridiculous. Oh, was... Where's, yeah. Jeff? Where's Jeff Toovey? We must have put that in um, when we edited it. Well, but, it's got to be an investigation, mate. But Marcelo, Marcelo Montoya, the former Bulldog, we were actually having a, I think, a text. We were texting each other for a Warriors game a couple of weeks ago. It might have been four it was last weekend. It was actually last weekend, was it? I, I think it was the weekend before. I think it was just a couple of days ago. <laughs> oh, Marcelo Montoya, for those, I don't know, who are watching the Warriors closely who listen to the podcast, um... I think he's having a terrific season, especially on the on the wing, when he's been on the wing this year. Yeah. I think he's uh, finding what you said he was he was finding a home. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if he uh, goes over to score a try uh, this week against the old team. It'll be a special one for him if he does. 
Alrighty. Have we got any news to cover off this week, Scotty, that we haven't we, already touched on? Oh, we've got a, uh, There's a few that you touched on, but there's actually a few more. Uh, we might go into this, uh, some detail more. But uh, for those, just a surprise one, if you've got a... If it's SEN Radio or SEN, I we still haven't figured it. Is it SEN? Okay, cool. I'm pretty sure it's um, SEN. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, former Sky Sports commentator Jason Costigan uh, making his return on Sunday as com- uh, commentary uh, this weekend for the Warriors and Bulldogs game. Was that on SEN Australia? Yeah, he's doing the Warriors and Bulldogs game. Okay, cool. Because I've also just realised that apparently there's an SEN in New Zealand called SELZ. Play on the word there, ah, S-E-L-Z. And I thought I saw that he was commentating this week on that network. Oh, maybe he is. But anyway, he's coming back anyway, and he's a massive Bulldogs fan. There you go. Yeah, he's a massive Bulldogs fan. So if you get the chance to listen to him, I think he was. I think he's one of the uh, better commentators, to be honest. Yeah, I used to and, enjoy watching Sleek to him. Uh, I'll just watch Warriors games for him. That's how good he was. Him and Chuck Halligan, hey? Fire <laughs> uh, some news. Uh, this one happened after, just after our last podcast. Uh, Bailey Biondiodo signed the two-year deal for the Bulldogs um, last week, mm-hmm. so I think that was a good signing. Uh, does he play off the bench next year with Matt Burton coming? Yeah, I guess it all depends on um, what's going on with Flanagan, isn't it? Lots to talk about what's happening with him in the rumor mill. Yeah, well. What's the, what's the latest one? He's getting loaned to Cronulla. Was he off to Cronulla? Flying again. Yeah. That's well, the latest we'll one. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stadium Australia will get a new big uh, new big screen uh, in the southern end of the stadium. Uh, it'll be in, in action for round one of the uh, NRL 20, uh, 2022 season. Um, the big screen will uh, span across. It's going to cost them uh, approximately $10 million was the figure um, to get this big screen. It's in line with the, also the the World Cup, the female soccer World Cup. I don't know what the official word for that is. I'm not, not much of a soccer, soccer fan, but it will be in place for the NRL season next year. Uh, it's going to be a massive big screen across the ground. It's going to be the biggest big screen around the world once it's been put up. So yeah. it'll be... That'll uh, be something to go to next yeah. year when you're watching the footy. The early question now is uh, whether we'll be able to lock down. That's true. That's true. That's a, a fair point. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that construction will start after the grand final, they said. The day after the grand final, they'll start building this uh, big screen. So I don't know if New South Wales have uh, pulled out all hopes for the grand final still. I'm not too sure if that has anything to do with it. Yeah, just keeping the options open, I guess. Um. As we mentioned, uh, Dylan Arpa was suspended for three games uh, for a couple of high tackles, and uh, Jack Heffington's out for two games. Dylan Arpa, if he fought and lose, that would have been a four-game suspension, and that would have been his uh, Bulldogs career. Well, you'd imagine his Bulldogs career over uh, with him being linked to the Broncos. Or well, anyway, most of the rumours are him saying that he's not going to be a part of the Bulldogs for next season. Mm. I almost think that you know you could have just given him a plane ticket and say sort out your future. Thanks for your service. Especially now with these line players. Yeah. Could ask Ryan James for another week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, does he even come back? Do you just give him the final game this year? Yeah, I think you have to. Just because of the situation that everyone's in. Yeah. I mean, he's staying up in Queensland, I guess. I mean, he could have been, well, at the moment, like, he could easily, you know, just go, I'm going back to Sydney. 
and sorting out my future to where I'm yeah. playing next year. Uh, so that the Jack Heffington's out for two games because he's taken the early uh, guilty plea. So both of them took the guilty plea to take the lower ones. Um, which is a weird one, just what we're talking about, Jack Everington. Was that a sin bin worthy tackle? Uh, yes or no? Is that unfairly <laughs> targeted? Uh, well, if you hit slap someone in the face, which is pretty much what he did, the arm swung in a slapping motion, hit someone in the face. I think you got your own things to sort out first and foremost uh, before worrying about being targeted. But I think, yeah. Under the crackdown rules, it should have been a sin bin, but under what we've been seeing lately, it probably doesn't align with other decisions that we've seen. Yeah, I think a bit harsh. I mean, even Luke Thompson's, well, I mean, consistently, like if it was Magic Round, you probably, yeah, like you said, of all the two rounds after Magic Round, that three or four week window where people were getting sin binned, you said it's fair. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, New South Wales Rugby League, Abandoned all major competitions again this year, so they've got they've put a stop to it. They got a bit more games out this year. Yes, yeah, last sad. year that last year the uh, New South Cup and Jersey flag only got th- through the one one round, so they got a bit more action, which is disappointing for players um, at the moment. You know, the, those who are wanting to progress, you know, a career and becoming a professional NRL player, a big a one year out, especially for the under twenties. Under 21s it is, but that's massive. Yeah, yeah, it's two years now too, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. Almost I two mean, it's, years, yeah. They played like half a season, if that, this year. Yeah. So it was very disappointing. Um, like you said earlier, Will Hopper-Whitey agreed uh, to terms with St. Helens. Uh, Will's been a part of the Bulldogs for a long period of time now. He's been, you know, quite a certain like, Service, um, serviceman for the club. I know he's been a, yeah, he's been here for a while. Um, signed a two-year deal with an option of three with St Helens, so he's going to finish his career in the Super League. It looks like it. Um, probably the right time for Will to head off. Yeah, I don't think many people can argue with that. Yeah, I, I feel like unfortunately the um the way the game's gone quicker and quicker. I mean, I. Didn't, I thought it was a silly move from us last year to give him a year extension on his contract. And the way the game's gone quicker and quicker, he's not the centre who is going to, you know, run like 80 metres and change the game like that. He's slowed down quite a lot from when he was when he originally burst onto the scene as a manly winger. Uh, but, you know, he's provided quite a lot. Uh, he's been at the Bulldogs for quite a long time and, uh, you know, deserves a... a a decent farewell at the end of the year. As uh, mentioned earlier, while we're going through the team list, Ryan James and Corey Horsburgh has joined the Bulldogs on loan for two weeks. Uh, however, uh, we've already put our opinions on that, but however, that will be reviewed at the end of each week. So if Raiders suffer injuries or suspension in their forward pack or really anywhere, they can pull that loan at any time. So... It's nice, we we did speak about it, it's nice to have a game going ahead. It's unfortunate the way the circumstances and having players have to leave the bubble and, you know, being injured and suspended. So it's, I suppose in a way we thank them for agreeing to come across. But yeah, we spoke about our opinions while we're doing the team list, so we won't go too much into that one anymore. Yeah, let's just keep moving. Yeah, uh, so which leads us to the uh, 
the final segment of the night, uh, which is Old Dog, one of my favourites. If you're still listening at the end of this, I've actually spoken to a few of you guys on Twitter who didn't actually know what this was. So thanks for that. This is purely <laughs> just me. <laughs> no, just kidding. Old Dog, I've gone for a, a unique one. I mean, this guy obviously played for the Warriors as well as the Bulldogs, but he also played for the Eels, and it's Chris Anino this week. <laughs> you didn't hold the um, suspense much of that one, did you? No, well, some people aren't listening, so no, I'm kidding. That's, I've... For, I don't know. I just went with. A, I wanted to go for a weird one because you know Steve Price is your obvious choice. Yeah. And we all know how great of a player and how great Steve Price is, but uh, he's not the old dog this week. It's Chris Ninu, so we better get back onto him. Uh, Seventy-eight games for the Eels between two thousand and seven and two thousand and ten. He actually broke our hearts with one of those tries. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching that game. I, <laughs> we haven't talked about this before, but it's vivid in my memory. I remember him diving from out of the field of play into the in-goal area and grounding the ball. And I remember sitting there going, nah, mate, that's no try. He's come from out of the field of play um, to to land on the ball and score a try. Uh, that's against the rules. And the Eels were celebrating, and I was like, Haha, they don't know the rules. But if you watch the video ref um, review... He puts the kick in, runs out of the field, dives, and just about half a second before the hand touches the ball, the leg just goes straight onto the grass and um, putting himself back in play to score the try. Um, it's funny how you remember these things so vividly, isn't it? Yeah, Although, the funny thing is I actually remember that moment as, as much as you do, mm. but I actually remember watching it and having the, the, the shits because... I was almost it then, you know what I mean? Yep. And having that go against them would have been huge call in the game. But also then, look, because we were actually watching that together, which is no surprise. We watch a lot of uh, Bulldogs games together, except yep. for when COVID uh, happens. Um, and I was look. I remember looking towards you and you said you were confident. And then I started to feel uh, pretty happy, you know, because <laughs> for those who don't know, you've pretty much got about, an, I would say about 98% record when it comes to video ref slash bunker. Uh, before the referral. replay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before the replay. Before first. Then I was like, oh, how good's this? I kind of <laughs> smiled. And then I looked back up a couple of minutes later because it took a while. I thought, yeah, I don't right. need to watch the replay. You've told me it's a no try. We're going to go to the 20. Or, uh, and then it came up try. And, oh, that made me even in a foul mood. That made me even worse. So he was a, a villain. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, though, apart from that moment, I always enjoyed watching you play, whether it was Parramatta or the Warriors. Um, I was pretty happy that when he, when he came to the Bulldogs as well, it was quite good even then. And I've even seen him play a few games in the Super League and um, hasn't got the zip that he used to have. Um, <laughs> but still a very likeable player. And who could forget the cheeky smile uh, as he was lining up to kick a conversion or a penalty goal, knowing that um, everybody in the stadium... And that's all the TV cameras were on him at that moment. He just couldn't withhold a cheeky smile. And that's how he used to oh. let that emotion out, just by smiling before kicking it. Uh, became such a figure at the Bulldogs that um believe that we were cheering every smile at one stage. Oh, of there, that was an actual thing. One of my actual favourite... Uh, I'll, I'll go into a story with a smile before I go one of my favourite uh, Christian moments uh, in his career. Is he actually had a moment where uh, the Warriors versus the West Tigers in a... In a finals game, it might have been 2010, uh, 2011 was the last time West Tigers made the finals. Uh, the Warriors made the grand final that year. 
And a lot of the uh, Warriors uh, story was James Maloney. Mm. What a figure he was for the Warriors and all that. An mm. underrated person in that was Kristen Innett. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a moment where uh, a crossfield kick and he had a moment where he actually scored a try against a crossfield kick and turned the game on his head because the Tigers were meant to run away winners. It was at Sydney, West Tigers are favourites, Warriors are here in the second week of the finals. Yeah, West Tigers will go to week three. Was mm-hmm. If it goes to the script. But he had a moment with uh, himself and I think it was Fleety Matoa at the Warriors, two ex-Eels boys at the time, uh, turning the game on its head with uh, some crossfield kicks aiming at those two on the edges. And, uh, you know, he scored a try. I really broke the Tigers' hearts. When I had a mate who was a massive West Tigers fan who went to that game and messaged me straight after saying that try just broke the the game, the whole crowd atmosphere changed. Uh, It was the Warriors going on the way to win it. Uh, So he was there, but he was only there for two seasons before a mid-season switch, uh, which was 2012 when he came to the Bulldogs. And at one stage, he couldn't be defeated. Mm Mm-hmm. At the Bulldogs. So, but yeah, with your smile story, I remember going to a game. Uh, I don't think you were at this one. It was the Bulls of West Tigers. And one of my probably favorite stories uh, from Christina, he kicked the winning field goal in a 2012 game, I believe it was. He snapped a field goal at the end of Golden Point with like 15 seconds left, 40 minutes out. If he did it today, he would have got two points. <laughs> That's how good it was. And he just got given the ball on the last one and snapped it. You know he's a good kicker, a good striker of the ball. But when it goes to, when you had Hodkinson in your side, Hodkinson's in your safety when it comes to field yeah. goals from that distance. Yeah. Uh, he kicked it. But in that game, early in the night, uh, we had this uh, lady in the st- uh, stadium, massive Bulldogs fan, obviously, and... Uh, she enjoyed the goal kicks, I think, more than anyone in the stadium. And uh, she got sad once. And I think the stadium would have been about 30, 35. Because, uh, like you said, Christina would wait till that last second when he knows the cameras are on him and that smile pops out. Yeah. And she got worried at one kick where he had a very much poker face as he looked up. And he, it was a very important kick. And he just kept a still face. And the camera was on him for quite a while. And then she was like, she's screaming, smile for me, smile for me, Kristen, smile, smile. And then the smile comes out very last second and she erupted. <laughs> Not even that the goal kick went over. The goal kick <laughs> did go over, which everyone else erupted later for that. <laughs> she just went off bonkers because of that smile. Oh, if you're listening, reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. Look at what a, what a great story. Uh, I think it's important before we wrap up, Scotty. He played seven international, oh, seven test matches, six yep. for New Zealand, and one for Samoa. Um, always good to play those rep games and obviously make mention of those rep games. Mm. I uh, think so, what an underrated player and a character. Absolutely. All right, Scotty, hit the socials, and that will do us for uh, another week. Twitter, it's at NRL Bulldogs fans. Instagram, it's at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Facebook is just NRL Bulldogs fans podcast. And you can flick us an email, nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com.